Three ways to grow your existing SEO client accounts with Elaria Fabri. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all in one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Are you a little bit too focused on bringing in new SEO clients when it could be much easier? to grow your existing accounts. That's what we're going to be discussing today with a lady who specializes in business growth and internal team development. She has a strong data and analytics background and is currently SEO director at Reprise Digital. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Ilaria Fabri. Hello, David. Thank you for having me. Hey, Ilaria, thanks so much for joining us. Well, you can find Ilaria over at reprisedigital.com. So, Ilaria, Today you're sharing three ways to grow your existing client accounts. So starting off with number one, targets your core audience. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the first point I think is always to define your target audience. And for target audience, what I mean is your share of consumers. So we know that consumers are like a very, very large like number of, of people in, in, in the entire world and that they can be interested in many, many different brands. So the main objective here is to define your share of, of this consumer like around the internet, around online, around the, the, the markets and uh, as much as possible, basically focus on them in a way that you basically optimize your effort and uh, your results. So you really want, don't want to go after people they are not exactly interested in your brand. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be like basically like spending money, time and effort on something that will not respond in the in the most efficient way. Understood. Understood. Okay. Yeah. In terms of like, I mean, the first question is probably how do you do that? There are many, many ways more like uh, using tools or more like manual and like uh, understanding the market. I guess like the very first step is having a, what I call immersion session with the client in a way that you can like share your point of view, but also taking on board the point of view of the of the brand on your client, uh, understanding what they aim to and uh, what are their objectives in house. So this can be like a, a very very first step in the relationship. After that, usually you go away and you look in uh, in your like SEO tools or like your uh, agency tools. And something else you can do, and something is a little bit more manual but very very important, is obviously do conduct a, a SERP research, a SERP analysis, and also a competitor analysis. Right. Okay. So there's, there are many tools that you can use to define your core audience. How do you go about, uh, I guess, taking the next step and actually creating content for that core audience? Yeah, exactly. So that is exactly the, the next step. I think like having a core audience is what you need before going ahead and create your content. And this is important because, as I said before, this allows you to save time and money. So once you're right to the point of actually writing your content and putting together your content, you will focus on the right piece of the cake uh, on the right market share. And obviously the, the content, uh, it will be much more impactful and much more effective on, uh, on, the, on the result. So what you expect from the content is to increase 
clit rate and to increase like at the, at the end of the, the, the process conversion rate as well because you're already like targeting the right people. Content itself, it can also like be even more granular and following the purchase funnel description and purchase funnel like split between uh, awareness, consideration and action or purchase. So this can be like even like the, the next step. But as a beginning, like if you have a clear idea, which is like your target audience, it will help you to organize your time and, and effort in, in the best way possible. And in, for, in terms of defining your core audience, are you actually a fan of also creating an ideal buyer persona as well? So an, an imagined individual that's the, the ideal person uh, to make a purchase from your brand and writing for that individual? Or, or do you tend to write for the, the audience in general? Yeah, this is another good question. And I think like sometimes it can be confused, the concept of target audience and buyer persona. I think like a target audience is slightly more general than a buyer persona. And also a buyer persona is something that it doesn't really exist. It's more something like you create based on what you would like to achieve. So it's more connected to behavioral aspects and like a, a social aspect, lifestyle, whereas like the, the target audience is more like data focused it's more like something connected with age maybe like profits or like areas of the ge geography like in terms of like where this target audience is located so i think like those two information are both infor both very very important and crucial uh, but maybe buyer persona is something more connected with like maybe social teams or more media teams uh, in terms of an, an seo team what they want to achieve i think like having a target a target audience is a little bit more important. But having both of them, it would be, be great. And the second way of growing your existing clients is forecast frictions. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So I don't know if it's only an experience I had uh, in the past, but I guess like I'm pretty sure like lots of people, they, they went through the same situation with their clients. Lots of clients, they uh, they ask to the to the SEO team to produce forecast for the, the year to come or something like that. And uh, um, we all know that SEO needs to be, I mean, needs to be clear on the, the caveats and what you can achieve and what you cannot control in reality, uh, because like the main point for SEO is visibility. So this is like where we can forecast as best as possible. But at the same time, lots of that, lots of clients and lots of brands, they have their, their own needs in terms of forecast. They probably need to get back to like stakeholders in the business or like uh, more general and industry level needs. So I think again, like it's very important to have um, an immersion session or like a brief session where we both uh, share information and we both share point of view in terms of what the client needs to show to their business, like internally to in the business and what actually SEO can achieve after in terms of like forecast. After that, I think like the, the best way to produce something like uh, valuable for the client is to go away checking on uh, uh, obviously current rankings, current uh, search volumes, but also interest of the client in producing new content and uh, also like uh, comparing maybe to if it's uh, an existing client to last year's experience in terms of how much of this content actually went live and how quick was the response to from from the client to the to the recommendation from an SEO from the SEO team. So all these aspects 
targets, they can like have an impact on our forecast. And other two things, a little bit wider and more general, are including and considering the uh, movements in the industry. So if, for instance, there are new competitors to take on board and to consider, it can be a little bit more competitive, the whole environment. And also, uh, as we saw all of us in the last few years, um, social impacts such as like, I don't know, like maybe a new pandemic or, or something like that, that can change completely the market and the, the ambition of, of your brand. So uh, it sounds like you're also talking about preempting any potential disagreements with a client and also ensuring that your goals are aligned. Is, is that right? Yeah, exactly. So the the word friction, uh, like how I describe like a, a frictional forecast is like that. Like we absolutely want to avoid like frictions and we want to avoid situations where we promise too much or too little. So I think like the, the best way is like, first of all, having this, this open conversation with the client, understanding what they need to achieve uh, for the year and what SEO and how SEO can help on that. And after that, like uh, looking at our data, which are obviously like related to only the SEO beat of, of the of the whole element, of the whole forecast, getting back to the client and uh, tr- finding like basically uh, an average, uh, a, a good deal between, between us. So after that, I think like it's very, very, it's much easier to go ahead and to work on the on the activities and also like making sure that we can meet the objectives and the the results we we planned at the beginning of the year and number three become your client's partner versus your client's consultant yeah so this is again like something very important in my uh ways of working and in 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 the experience i had so far with my clients i had uh, and I still have like very good examples of how uh, a collaboration can be so beneficial in terms of results and in terms of like long-lasting relationships. There are many, many, many activities that you can like implement depending on the situation, depending on uh, on the client you have in front of you. Something like just to mention like activities can be CMS success, for instance, is very, very useful. Uh, in case it's possible for the SEO team to have CMS success, same as uh, um, having an impact or helping out on Jira tickets. So working directly with the dev teams, for instance, but also with like within the strategy team and within like the the, the, the brand managers. Another example is also like trying to be always uh, very, very specific when you talk about your activities and uh, report about the effort, like the the client effort, uh, especially talking about like the dev team, if it's needed, if it's involved in the the activity, but also the impact that can have. I think those two things, like the client effort and the impact is like the perfect equation that gives you like priority. So if you have those two elements in your mind and you are clear about that, you can define the priority of the task, for instance, or of the tactics. Now, I think we've all had SEO clients that um, are not so easy to talk to and perhaps are quite fixed in terms of what they want. For instance, in the past, I've had SEO clients that just want a number of links per month and don't want to be on regular account calls and it's difficult to forge that relationship with them. Do you have any advice for clients that are a little bit tricky to involve in potential more partnership conversations? 
Yeah, um, yeah, I think like this something like that. Something like happens to happen to to everyone having like the the tricky client. I think like the more you are connected with data and the more like you can like you know like present your proposal or your recommendation like with sources good sources and like good like examples and even like case studies if you have any of them like relative to what you want to achieve with your client is always like a good example and something like it can push and can help you to go through like your your recommendation or your like strategy being very aware of the industry um, not only our industry such as like google updates uh, or things like that but also be aware of their industry the industry they act in uh, is also very important because it demonstrates that you you know about their specific challenges Great tip, great tip. Actually, um, I, I remember um, having a client um, uh, that, that, that was in the hotel industry and um, I got in with them more by talking about previous ex- uh, experience that I'd had in the hospitality industry. So I think that's a great piece of advice where, when you can demonstrate either experience or interest in the industry that they happen to be in, I'm sure you can get the conversation going more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you had like similar client, it's always helpful. Well, let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? Cool. Um, I think like uh, in based on his own real experience I had, um, something very, very quick you can do, and it usually has a very great impact, is looking at your URLs and making sure like URLs are descriptive and optimized. What I mean is like including, for instance, the, the keyword or including the, 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 the term where you really want to focus on or you really want to target your page on. This is something like can be done in a very quick way and uh, it can like have a great impact. This is obviously it's just like the, the you know the, the the cherry on the cake is it cannot be like taken as the only uh, advice but that plus refreshing for instance existing content is again like something like you can do slightly quicker than create new content but it gives you a good uh, impact. Now, if you have existing URLs, which aren't particularly keyword friendly, uh, they just contain lots of numbers and letters, uh, I presume that you would say just keep the existing URLs, keep the existing SEO rankings for those URLs, but perhaps for future URLs, or, or would you actually suggest changing old ones as well? No, yeah, of course, like for future URLs, but depending on the situation, depending on the the type of page, if it's a page that is not really like uh, too old in terms of like, you know, like how how long it's been live or like uh, it doesn't really have too many backlinks or like it's not like didn't gain too much authority, we can even think about like changing it. Usually this is like ideal when you plan a new page uh, in order to have like the the all steps, um, you know, like connected with the strategy and uh, and, and it's like the, the best way to, to approach that. But I, yeah, it happened to me in the past where we review, slightly review like URLs and we had great impact on that. And what are the main benefits? I mean, you talk about great impact there. Are you talking about helping search engines better understand the context and meaning of your page? Are you talking about perhaps having better click-through rate from the SERP because of the improved understanding of what the page might be about to the user or something else? 
Yeah, and also better ranking for the the the, the keyword or the topic we want to we wanted to focus on or we wanted to target on. And lastly, if these old strategies connected with PPC as well, having like a, a strong page content-wise as as a landing page, we can share with the PPC team as well for them to use in the in the pay ads. Uh, pay ads is again like uh, an extra bit of push. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Ilaria by searching Ilaria Fabri on LinkedIn. Ilaria, thanks so much for being on the InSearch SEO podcast. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. <laughs> <laughs>